Hi, and welcome to Cause Pods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here on the podcast, we have one simple mission to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes, whether it's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who is just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, their state, the country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guest's favorite cause, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causepods.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Very excited for this interview today. Before we even get into it, I should disclose that this gentleman and I first connected because he was actually a podcast consulting client of mine. I got to really talk to him, learn about his show, learn about his process, and learn a lot about what he is trying to do and what his cause is. And as soon as we started talking, I knew right away I wanted to have him on Cause Pods. Joining me today is Ben Killoy. He is the host of the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. It is a show that is aimed at helping military dads reconnect and transition emotionally back to their family, something that is so important and such a great cause and a great mission, especially because these veterans, these men, and these women too, are giving up so much and volunteering and sacrificing so much in defense of our country and our beliefs and our freedoms. And so it is an honor and a pleasure to have Ben here join us on CauseBots. Ben, thanks for being here today. I am a super excited because one, our friendship is getting started. Sparks are already flying. So it's just great to connect even more and share our mutual uh, appreciation for people doing good stuff in the world. Amen to that. So before we get started, and you know, one, we do want to thank you for your service. Just tell us real quickly what your military career was all about. So right out of high school, I joined the Marine Corps. I almost went to the Air Force, but luckily for a Marine recruiter, he had a bouncy house at a church picnic. That bouncy <laughs> house changed my life because... Two weeks later, I raised my right hand for the Marine Corps. Served four years in the Marine Corps. I was generator mechanic, 1142. Served all my time in Okinawa. I did three years over there, so I never saw any time in Iraq or Afghanistan. Was served from 2003 to 2007. Got out with the simple idea that I was meant for something bigger and the Marine Corps is going to hold me back. I had zero idea, not even a flake of what that was. I just felt it in my gut, and I felt like I needed to get out. But then I got lost for about 10 years. And it really, that process of getting lost and refining my love of leadership, then started this path that allowed me to find my love of fatherhood and then step even further into it and help other dads find that love and passion and get excited about it as well. So it's interesting because you say you enlisted right out of high school. So were you married? Were you dating? What was your connection to family at that point? I grew up on a farm in Wisconsin here. So I didn't have a lot of friends. I felt really isolated. I didn't have really any good dating relationships or anything like that. Nothing that was anything more than a week or something. I was serving the Marine Corps. I didn't have any marriage until I got out. When I was in Okinawa, I was like, I just don't feel like starting a family in the military lifestyle is something I wanted. So I put my life on hold. And then once I got out, I kind of went on a mission to kind of catch up. I wish I would have slowed down a little bit just because I felt like I was in a big damn hurry for nothing. But at the same time, it is my life and it's got me to where I am. But I didn't have any of my family connection while I was serving. It all came in much later. I didn't have my first daughter till 2012. So you mentioned the 10 years coming out. What was going on? 
So when you go through the military transition, you adapt this civilian programming of you get a job, you go through the interview process, you adapt, you mold into what they want you to be, into their processes, their thinking, and you lose who you are at the same time, especially for myself. I didn't know who I was. Like my identity wasn't very strong. So when I went into the civilian world, I just adapted theirs. But in that same process, I always was trying to fit into what they wanted me to be. Every time you try to fit into something, you lose a little bit of yourself. And so I just kept doing that over and over. I was going to school because that's what they said you should do. You use your GI Bill to go to school. I was going for electrical engineering, ended up bombing out of it and finding out that a love of electricity doesn't make you good at it and had to kind of like a pit where I was like, my grass just dried up. What do I do? That was going to get me to where I wanted to go. And it was a six months after dropping out that I found my love of leadership through a seminar I went to. And that little scene, that one day seminar that I went started the growth journey that I'm on today to just identify who I was and how I can help influence the world. So how did you get from that part where you have the seed and the spark to being in a place where you wanted to give your expertise, experience, your skills, your effort, all of that into creating a brand, not just the podcast, by the way, folks, this is more than just the podcast. You wanted to create this content that would help other military veterans, dad specifically, transition from that structured military life back into healthy, happy relationships with their children and their wives and, and work and, and things like that. So there's one chapter in my life that's a book that you need to understand. So when I turned 30, Jay Leno had just wrapped up tonight show and everybody came out to say nice things about what he had done on this earth. And I was just like, God, that's amazing. Like he's just touched a lot of people. And then it hit me. I was like, I don't think anybody's going to care whether I lived here or not, whether my time existed. And that hit me really hard. Like, so that was my 30 year midlife crisis. And through that reflection, it was like a year and a half probably process. Someone gave me a brilliant advice that's changed my life a couple of times, but it really changed my life here was if I want to result my life, I've never had any to do something I've never done. I never had any good friends. And that was part of the problem why no one was going to care because I was never connecting with anybody. So I started with dads at the park. That was it's safe. If you're a dad at the park, you're generally at least trying to be a good dad. You're in the right mode, whether you feel like that or not. And I just started talking. And what you don't realize that comes from friendships, networking, and people is they become the mirrors of your own value. So when you isolate yourself, you can easily tell yourself you're nothing and you don't matter because there's nobody reflecting back the energy, the love, the feeling that you say with your words. And that's what people did. That's what dads did. So I started with dads. I started talking to more people and they just kept kind of reflecting back that the way I said things was different. And the way that I cared for people was different. And that led up to a conference, a military influencer conference I was at in 2018. And because I'd already been practicing on talking to people, it was still very nervous in 2018. I would say I'm still, I'm light years from 2018, even though 2018 was light years from where I was 30. But I talked to a mill spouse and I was telling her my story about how much I love being a dad. And I just had this half-baked idea of like a veteran dad podcast. And I made her cry because her husband came home, but never really came home. And I was like, I did that. My words helped her feel something she wasn't feeling. I need to do this. In that moment, my path was solidified and I started running. That airplane ride from Orlando, I wrote my business plan. I came up with my mission to bring every dad home to their family. And that next three months, I prepared for launch. In January 1st, I launched and I just kept going. 
because I knew that value and the word was out there and it wasn't about the reach. It was about, I believed in it so much and the the core people around me believed in it that that kind of gave me the momentum just to understand that what I was creating was something bigger. It was changing family trees forever. I have podcasts or iTunes reviews saying that the wife has their husband and the kids have their dad because his wife introduced them to my podcast. That's what you realize when you start stepping into your voice. But you need people to help reflect that back to you, that people help be that mirror. I think that's incredible. So tell me a little bit more about what it is that you do, how it is that you help these military dads come home and maybe start by explaining a little bit more like, where is that disconnect? So most of the disconnect for veterans is the emotions. Emotions in the military, you generally learn to just not feel them because you don't cry in uniform. You don't talk about how you really feel and you use your ego to overinflate yourself to fit in or to be macho like. And your emotions in war, your fight or flight will keep you alive and you tune into them to keep you alive. But when you come home, there's emotions on from war, maybe lost a friend, or I never even was in war, and I could feel strong emotions. But those emotions scare the hell out of us. And those emotions create a barrier between us and our family. And you need to understand, you need to walk through that emotion. That emotion's meant to tell you something, and it's meant to be felt and understood, not suppressed. But we do suppress it. We isolate. We don't realize that we need a tribe, that for millennia we survived in this earth in tribes and somehow we think we can do it alone. Even though we understood the value of a tribe when we served, we don't convert that as we transition out. And it's that emotional barrier that comes to two conclusions. One, that my living in this household is a burden and I should remove that burden by killing myself. Or they just self-destruct and they get removed from the family's environment because the wife maybe wants to protect the kids because he's angry and he's shouting and she's fearful. But it's that emotional barrier that they need to walk through, that acknowledge that you don't run from what you feel, you run into it and you need to get to the other side because that's where your family is waiting for you. And part of being a dad, your kids are unwired bottles of emotions. They don't even know how to regulate them. So when you don't know how to control your own feelings, every emotion around you makes you very unsettled. And so part of what I do in the podcast or what I've understood kind of like what I can do with my voice or what my gifts are, is I have weird ways of explaining things. And those weird ways put words to feelings that most people aren't processing. And I've told my story about my friendships to a a dad summit once. And a dad came up to me right at the end of it. And he started crying before he even said hello. Because the way I said my story, he made him feel something he wasn't acknowledging. And that's often what happens. I've did episodes. A good example is I did a 20-minute episode on emotions in November. It was a solo episode with just me. I considered it level one stuff, nothing game-changing. But I get a a five-paragraph email from a Vietnam veteran. If I would have had that episode 30 years ago, I would have been a better dad. Wow. And that was just simple stuff on how I view emotions. I've had a Frozen episode where everybody has an Elsa inside them from the Frozen franchise. (laughs) A dad messaged me on LinkedIn and said, I've listened to that and I couldn't help but cry. Giving those feelings and letting them feel what they're not feeling, that's the gift that allows dads to come home because there's so much raw feeling that they're not processing, but they don't even know how to put words to it to even label it. And that's often what I do, either through conversation where another dad has a problem and we share it and that one vulnerable crack in the mindset that they're having, that they're the only ones having this problem that little crack is where the light starts to shine and that's where they can start to take the steps to come home. So I know 
about your podcast because of the time that we spent, but just explain to folks the format because you don't just put out any episode, right? You have a couple of different types of episodes that you put out on the show. So it's always a evolution. And I would say in the beginning, I had a certain, because you come up with something because you need something and you come up with a format. I launched with interview shows. I launched with starting with my friends because I was like, how do you pick your first guest? And someone was like, just start with a friend. And I was like, I can do that. And so I started with a very safe person, kind of built up that momentum. And I was always had in the back of my mind that I would do a solo because you listen to podcasts. You're like, people do solos all the time. You don't die from it. But in your mind, you kind of feel like you're going to die because talking to a microphone is already hard. And it's a muscle you got to put reps in. But something happened in September because I was just going through the motions, putting an interview show out every Monday, every Monday. I ran out of episodes that kind of work caught up with me. The funnel ran dry and I was at zero. And coincidentally, I had a dad that I had been emailing throughout the time of my podcast. And I asked him like, hey, what do you think I should change? What could I improve? And he's like, I wish you would talk more. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I'll take that feedback. And coincidentally, it was the same week I ran out and I was like, okay, I'm going to put a solo out there. And so I did top four takeaways in my podcast. That set a seven-day download record for the entire year. And then I went back to interviews. I got my thing back. I got my game back on. But then in November, I was like, you know what? I want to do interviews solos again. I'm kind of just tired out of those interviews for a while. And I did five in a row. And I was like, I really liked it. And I was getting great feedback. Like people loved getting access to more of my what I was thinking in my head during interview. And then I was like, you know what? I have more to say than I have airtime to say it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start another show. So I have my interview show on Monday. And then I position myself as an, an expert. This is where you can kind of step into your authority once you've really been in the niche that you're in for a while. You can take your information and present yourself. So I do a solo show on Friday called Fatherhood Friday. And maybe another random podcast lesson. I did not have a name for it when I launched it on January 1st of 2020. But I wasn't going to let that stop me. So I just called it. I'm trying to think what I called it. I think it just called it my solo episode. I didn't do have anything special for it. I was like... I'm not going to let me put in this content out because I don't have a name and I would just kind of come into me. Lo and behold, it did come to me. Fatherhood Friday was what I ended up calling it. I really love stepping into that because that Frozen episode I recorded maybe like four weeks ago at the time of this recording, I felt like that was really my raw, unauthentic self or my authentic self. And that's what you get when you practice putting your voice in. And you don't get a lot of reps talking about things in an interview. But that solo show really stretched my growth in the podcast and now it's one of my favorite things to record. And now I'm actually recording them live on Facebook at the same time as I'm doing them, the recording for the podcast. So I'm even venturing into another world of seeing live feedback as I'm recording it. That's awesome. And I'm so glad you brought up the whole monologues versus the interview, because I have so many people that I talk to about podcasts and I always ask them, why are you doing a podcast? And the reason is, well, I want to show that I'm a thought leader. Okay. So why are you then turning over 90% of the airtime that you were creating with your podcast to somebody else so that they can prove that they're the thought leader. I'm all for interviews. Interviews are a great way to explore and learn and network and grow. And like they do great things. But if your goal is to show that you're the smartest person in the room, then you need to take back that airtime. And so I love that you, not that I think you were doing this for that selfish reason, but you had people that wanted to hear from you, your story, your feelings, your emotions. Mm -hmm. And so you took back that mic and you did it without also giving up the interviews that helped you to grow your network and tell more stories and reach more people and all those different things. So I think that's something really important for people to think about. Podcast doesn't have to be an interview. 
And it shouldn't be if it's not your goal to elevate somebody else. Cause pods is not about me, even though I know I'm saying that as I speak for like two minutes uninterrupted, but it's all about highlighting great podcasters who are doing something good. And so my point is to give you the platform, but that's the goal of this show. It's just a matter of knowing what your goals are and then launching a show that makes sense for what you're doing. I do want to hit up though what you said about the Facebook Lives. So you're going on Facebook Live. What's been the impact and why was that a crucial, critical move for your show at this time? So for me, confidence was always something I didn't have. I always kind of had the imposter like, I shouldn't be a podcaster, but I am. When I first started, I knew I was like, I don't think I should be the kind of guy that has a podcast. But I knew I, I was and I wanted to be a podcaster, but it was just mental game. Podcasting is one of those where you get stats that say what you said was good and it helps kind of crush that limiting belief that what you say doesn't matter. And so putting it out there live for the world to hear. And I mean, I've got 1700 friends that I post here and there, but like they want more. But if you don't give it to them, they don't get a chance to interact with it. And a lot of times they're wanting it. So for me, it was an exercise in just going into and it's a very critical point when you're in podcaster, when you disconnect from what other people think. So much in the early days, you're always shooting yourself of what would this person think? What are people going to say? Is that really a story that I could put out there and not worry about the feedback? When you go live on Facebook, that's an exercise of the muscle where you believe what you have to say is a view and your view matters and people can have their opinions. And that discussion is perfectly 100% okay. And so for me, it's just an exercise of that muscle of being open, being me and being fully on. I'm not tempering me. I'm not trying to position myself. I'm not trying to be someone that Facebook wants to see or that I think my friends want to be like I'm being me. And so when you do that at the same time as podcasting, you kind of merge your your psyche in a little bit that you're putting yourself out there and people can see and my phone will be like, oh, there's nine people watching as I'm recording my episode. And it gets exciting a little bit, too, because podcasting, let's be honest, it's a pretty lonely world sometimes. So even when you get that little bit of feedback or when you get that little validation, when someone says, man, that episode really helped, it's all part of the process. And I think once you get confident enough that your message is strong and you believe in it and you don't really care whether people don't believe in it, that's a huge monument to grow through. And for me, that's what I brought in Facebook for, because it's just let me go into that space and energy and just step into more of myself. That's awesome. You've already dropped a bunch of knowledge bombs, but you know we always want to know, as someone who didn't come from the world of media, what was the biggest lesson you learned about launching a podcast when you were getting started? And maybe give us another lesson you've learned today as you've gone on this journey over the past you know, almost two years. There's two kind of fundamental truths that I didn't realize when I first started. The one is the most important aspect of podcasting is the publish button. That there are thousands of podcasts that never make it past publish. That people just overthink it. They get stuck. There are people listening to this podcast episode that probably have had a cause that they wanted to create a podcast for, and it stayed in neutral. And whenever I jump into someone's life that's been thinking about it, I'm trying to knock down as many barriers from information, whatever they need in their lives to get to publish. Because in those early days, the exercise is you hit publish, you grow. You hit publish, you grow. But you can't grow until you hit publish. It's part of the process. And like as long as you stay in neutral, you can't grow from it. But once you hit publish and grow, the world can become your oyster. Because every time you have an interview or a conversation or you hit publish, 
you grow beyond who you were the day before, but you're not growing when you're off. What I learned was, and luckily I had the running speed towards it. Like I wasn't really hesitant when I was launching. I was overwhelmed maybe, but I wasn't hesitant. Like January 1st was going to be it. But that part of getting going and maybe something else that I wish I would have done. I had four podcast ideas probably for like three years. They just were never lucrative enough in my mind to go running towards them, but they were all great ideas and maybe there was something I'll do later, but I could have done a podcast a long time ago and it just never, I never had someone jump in my life to get me excited about it because if anything, it just seemed like I'm not that guy. Other people can be that guy, but that's not who I am because that's the BS stories that we tell in ourselves in our head based on the life that we've had. But when you step into podcasting and when you go to podcasting communities, you feel like a million bucks because you feel connected. You feel like, wow, I'm just like these guys. I can do a podcast. I don't need to have this voice inside my head. And the other one that I talk about is everybody has a voice. And this is why everybody, especially in this particular category of having causes, and I like to describe it. If anybody's ever been to Washington, D.C., there's words cemented in stone for the eternity. Those words have been said 200 years, 100 years, 50 years in time, but they're cemented in stone. Those words were no different than the words we're speaking at a podcast today. They just got really great at putting words together and moving mountains with those words. So like when you have a message or when you have a mess that you want to convert to a message that is your life maybe and you want to help other people get through that, your voice can move a mountain. And just like the words cemented at the Martin Luther King Memorial, Abraham Lincoln, Gettysburg Address that's in the Lincoln Memorial, those words move mountains. But they were just words. And podcasts are just words. And so that's the power of podcasting that most people don't honor. And I didn't even have a fraction. I didn't even have this on my mind. But that's what I've learned on the other side of my solos and stepping into the interviews. Your voice can move a mountain for someone. You just need to do it and hit publish. Because when you get a dad says that, like, when you get a message saying that I have my father or I have my husband because of what you did, I mean, that's like the val- the best validation you can get. But never would have happened if you didn't hit publish. It's true. That's very true. All right. Well, you are asking us to take a look at Angels of America's Fallen, AOAFallen.org. We will put a link up to their website and to their donate feature specifically. But tell us a little bit about this charity and why this is your cause that you want to support here on the show today. So I was at Military Amster Conference in 2019 in D.C. actually as well. And I walked up to a random table and there's a bunch of pictures of kids and they had the big banner and there was two uh, lady and gentlemen there. And we just hit it off immediately. He was a Marine and I had him on the podcast. I mean, he was about as perfect of a military dad. He was executing on all cylinders with all the things that I've learned to be a good military dad for myself. And what the mission does is they take the kids of women and men have died either in combat, suicide, it doesn't really matter how they died, but they died in service of our country. And they're, the kids no longer have a connection to their father or their mother. And they provide lessons for those kids, whether it be sports practice, whether it be swim lessons. They provide an anchor point and they pay for it till they're 18. So when they commit a person into the program, they pay for that person to be in some type of activity for the rest of their youth, essentially. Because when they have a mentor, so like if you think of a, a son that lost his father, if he can get into football, there's a male figure that can help lead him. And that will help predict his life going successfully. Because oftentimes the mom is just hanging on by a thread, just trying to keep it all together. And there's not any active time to lead your son or to worry about that mentor. But if they can have that active sport, that 
can change his trajectory in life forever, even though his father's not there. Someone can else in the right mode and just giving him something to look forward to because oftentimes those kids are just so sad that going to a sports practice can be that one thing. And it just really touched my heart because of what they do and how they do it. And it's something that not a lot of people talk about of the kids that are behind the people that don't get to come home. Like the worst thing that I read on the internet, I have some Google searches set up to make sure I read about them, is when someone dies in Iraq or Afghanistan or a training accident, I immediately start trying to find out if they have kids. And if they do, I'll, I'll read their name on the podcast, on my podcast as a memorial for them. Because it just aches my heart that those kids never get to feel their father's love again. And this organization helps bring some form of love back into their life to make sure they get to some productive life that isn't some jail cell or suicide or just self-destructing. Well, that is a hell of a cause to be supporting here today. Of course, like we do with everyone, we are going to put the donate link directly on the website. And as we've learned very recently, you don't always have to give a lot. Sometimes just giving a couple of dollars to increase the number of downloads that these organizations get can make a huge difference in the kind of impact that they can make and their ability to grow. So if you believe in the cause, if you believe in what they're doing, we encourage you to click the link in the show notes or on the website and give a couple. I know it's tough out there right now, but if you have it, it's a great thing to support. Ben, this has been a pleasure to learn more about what you're doing, why you're doing it, your past. As I said at the beginning, you know, we had already exchanged some conversations previously. And even before we hit record tonight, we spoke for a long time and the friendship is definitely growing out of all of this. But it has really been a pleasure and a joy and an honor to chat with you about what you're doing, why you're doing it. And just want to thank you so much for one enlisting and volunteering and willing to put yourself on the line for our country and for our values and two taking on this important mission of making sure that all those other folks who you know are willing to make the ultimate sacrifice can come home to have healthy happy relationships reconnect to not only save themselves but to save their family so ben it has really been a pleasure thank you so much for sharing your insight here on cause pods tonight I appreciate everything we talked about, Matthew, and I appreciate the opportunity to tell my cause and my passion and to step into and help hopefully maybe inspire someone else out there. There's kind of like a networking saying that I have that the amount of opportunity you feel in your life is directly proportional to the amount of strangers you talk to daily. And podcasting is the perfect platform to talk to strangers regularly for free and have amazing conversations, which creates more opportunity in your life. Well, based on that, again, folks, if you're hearing this, if you are someone who is enlisted or a veteran or you know someone please 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 have them check out militaryveterandad.com connect with ben listen to the show learn more and just find the resources that you need ben once again thank you so much thank you thanks for listening to this episode of cause pods again if you've been inspired by the work of our guests please check out the show notes in your podcast app or at causepods.org There you will find links to their work and a special donation link to support their favorite efforts. From there, you can also follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And remember, if you have a cause pod and want to join me for an interview, please check out causepods.org and fill out the interview request form. If approved, we'll schedule you for a chat and share the amazing work you're doing with the cause pod audience. Thanks again, and see you next time on Cause Pods. (music) 